Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, July 14th, the L.A. Galaxy coming off of a 3-2 loss to San Jose. I could have said they're coming off a 3-2 loss to LAFC, or maybe I could say they're coming off a 3-2 loss to Minnesota United. Maybe I could tell you they gave up three first-half goals like they did to Dallas, Houston, Minnesota, and San Jose. I could say all those things, but I won't, because I'm nice. We have a lot to talk about, obviously. The San Jose game is at uh, front of mind as the LA Galaxy get ready for a short week and heading to Colorado, the Mile High City where they'll take on the Rapids, the place they haven't won in a very, very long time. In order to help me do all this, he's back as well. Uh, hopefully he's feeling very, very hammerish today. It's the hammer himself, Mr. Eric, the Portuguese hammer, Vieira. Hammer, how's it going, bud? Burn it down, burn it down, rebrand, rebrand. <laughs> I think we're upset. Re- <laughs> rebrand? Upset. I like yeah. it. Just, yeah, we're ready to just, everybody out, you know, all DPs out, players out, coaches out. Front office out, rebrand the whole club, new stadium, scorched earth. That's how we're, how we're feeling today. Yeah, I like it. It's it's Sherman's March to the Sea. That's it. And just burn burn it all. Uh, burn, burn it, it all. all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But um, I'll, I I will say you had you had a oh, you missed a show. I are did. you okay? How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, COVID. Uh, <laughs> I was on my COVID vacation. Um, I was I got so I think it pretty clearly I got sick at the July 4th game. I think that's where I picked up whatever I picked up. And there's a bunch of people who got sick. Uh, in the press box and all that fun stuff. So uh, I tested positive on Thursday, actually Friday morning, because Thursday morning I took a test before I went to work because I was like, I don't want to get anybody sick. So let me take a test. So I was negative on Thursday morning, went to work, fever, all that fun stuff. I was like, man, I think I better go home. So I went home, fell asleep for like, you know, eight or nine hours, whatever it was, woke up, took a test, pop positive and was like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I can, I, I can see that. So uh, very weird. I know there's a bunch of people who pop probably in the chat room and listening that ha- have had it, but very weird to finally see it turn positive after all this time and all these yeah. tests of negative, 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 negative. Um, yeah. So well, I will say, you know, not to make it about me, but I'm going to make it about me. That leaves last man standing. I'm, I'm one of the very few. Do- in 2022 still haven't been hit. We're, we're playing least, that dodgeball you know, game, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. you know, don't if you're thinking about coming out to Dallas, you know, end of July, do not do not bring that over here. I, I've stayed clear all these years. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood can remain healthy and hopefully you're on the path to health. I know yeah. there's 
it's swirling around again. Good times. It, it so. is. It is. Luckily, you know, luck, luckily, my wife and and my my son didn't catch it. So I'm like, so far, so good. Uh, I my my test today was like the faintest of faintest shadow lines that you've ever seen. It's like if you looked at it real quick, you'd be like, oh, negative. And then if you turn it and it's like a hologram, you twist it in the light a little bit, you could see. So I have the faintest. <laughs> little line there. Uh, one of the reasons that we didn't have a Monday show was my wife was staying in the room where I record and she's like, you cannot go in there and talk for an hour and a half and spew all your COVID. Yeah, you'll be coughing. You know, I, I will say that there are some people who I, I've listened to podcasts on religiously. So there, there's some podcasts I listen to and hosts who've had it. They like power through a show and there's nothing worse than listening to someone with that like COVID <laughs> horse cough <laughs> halfway through the show. It's like, okay, just you know, this is, <laughs> this is not worth it. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to it when, once everyone's healthy and happy. Uh, $5 super chat from Mr. Provino, um, says tank the season for those sweet super draft picks. That's what it is. That's super draft. It'll change. It'll <laughs> who's, change. Who's that, yeah. Who's the number one NCAA product that we got lined up here? I, I'll say just in, in COVID terms of about 90%, somewhere right around there. 90%. We'll call it 90%. Um, but yeah, the COVID brain is real. Um, you know, just being tired and like doing one thing and being like, I think I'm gonna go take a nap for four and a half hours, yeah. you know, that, that type of thing. So, um, all good. So <clears throat> I watched the LAFC game. I uh, thought the Galaxy actually played pretty well um, overall. Uh, just, again, individual mistakes. I, I think the key here, and this is going to be a key down the stretch, we're going to look at San Jose. Um, but the key here has been not necessarily team mistakes, but individual mistakes. And you can see it, and yeah. you pick it up, and you're like, that has to be better. And I will say that the defense has regressed, and you've seen it. And Eric, you and I were talking before we we started this, and it was like, there it used to be a roughness to the defense, right? This, there was a, we're going to get in your face. We're going to stomp on yep. your feet. We're going to kick you. We're going to push you around. We're not going to make life easy for you. And in the last probably four or five games, especially whenever you go to all of three goal games, that, that there's been a softness on defense. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. I was going to say, it's, it seems like it's, for lack of a better term, it's just brain farts, mental lapses. You know, this is, like you said, early on in the season, you know, Koulibaly had a great start to the season. Williams is someone who had that edge to him. Araujo always plays, you know, with with that chip on his shoulder. And then Edwards as well. They were just always going to chase you down. And I don't know, for whatever reason, you know, that's that edge seems to have gone. And they just seem, I think the time off from Koulibaly obviously did him no favors. Right. And then that chemistry in the middle with Williams not having that partner, the consistent partner that obviously has had an effect. Araujo, you know, being hit and miss and on and off. And then Edwards, who, you know, started the season on fire, just has taken a little bit of, of a dive, had, isn't bringing that same, uh, you know, he, not contributing to the offense like he was, but also is not defensively as sharp as maybe he was. You know, he's making some great tackles and some great recoveries early on in the season. And, yeah, it seems like at every position on the back line, there's either been mental lapses at one point or another, or as a collective, they just either – seem to not trust each other and they either try to cover where they don't need to or you know they just you know seem to lack the ability to remember positioning or losing losing like losing your man in the box like uh, on a set piece that's that's a no-brainer like you got to you got to be better than that williams has been horrible about that and he's playing a zone too right so like realistically a zone allows you to attack the ball right i mean more than anything sometimes when we play man-to-man your man can take you away from the ball and so you can't necessarily attack the ball but he's playing zone happening no he's playing zone in the center yeah these these open players are just there and then you know with the errant passes and i'm sure we'll get into that with the the san jose game (sighs) it it seems like it's just they they mentally shut off for moments and then 
you know, for all the fun that we had last week talking about the mental midgets of LAFC, it seems like when the Galaxy go down a goal or they have something bad happen, they get in their own head and they just, you know, they stop playing the game and it becomes more mental gymnastics. And then the only thing that comes from that is just you may end up making more mistakes. So it just it's it's really sad to see there there has been a decline and <laughs> we talk we, about this about every time in the show that oh well they've been bad all season they haven't been bad all no. season you know they were playing well and now they're not and so you can't say well they played well earlier okay yeah maybe they played well earlier but now they're not playing well and so you have to call it out when it's not going well right now well and and it's crazy because realistically they're actually pretty dangerous right now in terms of creating chances and going forward and they're ruthless and I would say ruthless I would say ruthless in the idea that the ball never goes in the back of the net but that they're very much again and again and again they send the waves forward they're attacking they're getting guys in the box I mean one of the biggest things that has happened probably in the last maybe three or four games is Revelson taking a more forward position yeah and that's been noticeable he has been making runs from the midfield he's opening up space he is part of the offense. The offense is running through a lot more through Revelison, and you're not just reliant on pay, playing the ball into Grand Seer or Edwards, although that is route number one is Grand Seer, get in the box, cut inside and pass and dish and do all those th- stuff. They have the edge that you would want them to have and you want them to finish eventually, but we'll we'll get there, baby steps, right? But you, they have that edge on offense. It's the defensive side of things where it hasn't, and it's almost like Edwards and Araujo, they really enjoy attacking. Defense, eh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I'd rather not do that. And so if there's one idea that I would put into their heads, especially Araujo and Edwards, is you are defenders. You defend first. I will take a 0-0 game all day long then lose another game 3-2 to two or give up three goals in the first half. Um, and when you see Edwards playing out of position, when you see Araujo getting caught, I mean, you know, the third goal is Araujo and Efrain Alvarez just screwing up from the top of the field all the way to the back. Araujo actually makes, I think, two or three mistakes on that one goal. And yeah. just not continuing his run to come all the way back. Not, And he's a hustler, and he made some good plays in the game, and he made some good crosses. But again, you're a defender first. You need to defend first and, you know, um, we can, let's, let's talk about the San Jose. Let's get into some yeah. more of the details being, <laughs> we're talking about it in, in more in generalities, but, yeah. um, another three, two game for the LA galaxy, uh, which is, I think this is their third out of the last four, uh, that ended three to two and they lost. Um, the only opposite one there is their four, nothing win over Montreal, which was, yeah. uh, you know, a, a de- dismantling of a team that is, was a very good team. San Jose, not a very good team. First time in nine games that they get a win on the road. That's nice. That's nice. Good job. Good job, San Jose. <laughs> and players players scoring their first goal of the season. Oh, yeah, that's, just, that's always nice when you give those gifts away. So you go into it, and it all starts. And the mistakes that are made, and it cannot be, you know, I think Brian Schmetzer says this a lot, um, and Greg Vanny doesn't use it. He should use it. Goals change games, right? And <laughs> penalty kicks change games, right? And the Galaxy can't buy a penalty kick right now, and there's some... The only one I thought was possibly a penalty kick was the Edwards one where the hand came up into his neck and he sort of got pushed over from his neck. Um, okay. Uh, st- I, I, I think that's tough. That's tough to call that. Uh, the, the one thing that I will give MLS credit for, and I've said this a lot of time, is with their VAR review, is that if whatever the referee call is, unless it's like clear and – I think they're very good with the clear and obvious part of it, that if if it's very clearly wrong – then you have to turn it. But that's the thing because it's so subjective. It's very rarely like so obviously wrong that you say, well, if it was called the other way, you know, you can't, there's not enough there to overturn it. But if it's called a penalty, then there's not enough to say it's not a penalty. So I think that's, 
the referee has a lot of power still in that regard. Yes. And I think that that's what I saw too, too much with though. that as well. Too and the much same so, with Cabral though. in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Cabral foul was not a foul for me. He won the ball yeah, and then he, correct. then Cabral he sort of on, landed on him yeah. more than anything. So I didn't have a problem yeah. with that. But, um, but the Edwards but one say, was, was at ahead. least borderline. And uh, I know that Scott French actually, who was at the game, put in a pool reporter question. He copied me on it. You don't want to know the answer, which was uh, <laughs> Scott basically said, well, you know, there was contact with Edwards and his neck and his head and that caused him to go over. And the response basically was there was not enough contact to force him over. And it was like, no, 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 you could see it. I mean, there's, there's stuff. And Vanny to the, his point was like, I'm done. I'm done taking arguing a look at it. these, arguing with these. Yeah. He goes, nobody ever apologizes. He goes, it was funny. He goes, because I'm tired of the apologies. He goes, wait a minute. Nobody would ever apologize. Yeah. He, you know, the whole deal. He goes, but I'm tired of it. He goes, it doesn't matter. Our guys have to play better, you know, and it's it's one of those things. We're, we can't worry about that anymore. So when you see Julian Araujo do one of the most boneheaded things you could possibly do when he had cover on the inside from Koulibaly. That's, that's the kicker. It's yeah. such a non- like he could have not run with him and it would have been better. Literally, he was covered and he, he goes to run into him. He just ran into him, but his back. Well, well he, we'll talk about the other two goals, but like if he would have just stayed up on the six yard box on the opposing side attacking, we would have been better off. And so the funny thing about this is I think for the opening 10 minutes, the Galaxy looked great. You know, the wings were pushing forward. They're whipping in crosses. They were looking dangerous. And that was just a, a bonehead play. It was clumsy. It was unnecessary. It seemed, I was talking about the lack of trust. It seems like, well, if Koulibaly has it covered, why do I need to go in there and run into somebody? And I don't know whether that's a true lack of trust or it's just a mental lapse. But then, you know, they go down a goal. And to your point, it's, you know, goals change games. But the way the Galaxy have played and they've clawed back, you say, you know what? For opening 10 minutes, don't peak too soon. You let in a penalty. This is fixable. You know, you have guys who are capable of scoring goals. You're going to, you know, bomb those wingbacks forward. You know, uh, that's not an insurmountable, you know, deficit going, get, get, giving up a penalty and going down a goal. But then on the kickoff, literally on the kickoff to completely shut off and then have, you know, that to me was the worst moment of the match because that, okay, you go down a goal. This is your chance to, you know, make it right and get back on the same track and you're shut off. Completely. And I, I don't know what causes that or how you fix that. But Koulibaly, that giveaway, you know, the hesitation from Williams and then Koulibaly, you know, being slow to, to get to the right spot after giving it up. It just it, that, that was disastrous. And it seems like that's where you lost the game. Obviously, the third goal <laughs> really iced it uh, and made it, you know, too, too deep of a hill to climb out of. But even down two goals, he said, maybe, you know, there's something that the Galaxy could still do. But down three was just just too big of a hole. And it, it was self-inflicted wounds you know I, this was something where last night the chat was kind of doing it before our show even got started everyone's burn it all down this is horrible this is the worst team we've ever seen they're still in playoff position I hate to break it to you guys they're still you know the, the season is not over there's still an ability to right the ship but looking so i'm saying okay this wasn't that bad i've seen the galaxy play works in particular against houston against dallas you know this was not a on the on the full 90 minutes, uh, a disastrous performance. There were good flashes in there, and that's considering that they were without Mark Delgado and without Chicharito being put on the, the league health and safety protocols. But then I looked at the stats, and the stats actually made me angrier. They outshot, they outpossessed, they beat them in XG, and it was just they they gave San Jose that game. And so I'm I'm all about gifted. You know, going back to the LAFC game, you go away. It's a, whether you you know we obviously hate them, but they're a decent team, and there's no there's no shame in going down on your sword. But when you give away those two goals in quick succession, when you give away the same goal right after the kickoff, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot, and that's that's the issue with this Galaxy team right now. Yeah, um, it's it's 
it's little individual mistakes. And again, it's not it's not team shape and it's not the way the yeah. team is set up. Listen, I mean, I don't love Victor Vasquez playing in the midfield with Daniel Aguirre, with Efrain Alvarez, with Granger. I don't love it. Right. But at the same time, give me the alternatives in this. Right. There aren't very many. And one of the reasons oh. is you have Delgado out. Right. You don't have Chicha. So like there are things that don't allow you to do certain things. And listen, you got Dayon starting. There was no yeah. Dayon scored two very good goals. Dayon had more than enough firepower on this team. And quite honestly, the Galaxy had more than enough firepower to win that game. And two two goals should have been enough. That you, was it. You know, you look at the XG. The Galaxy at two point three XG. San Jose one point seven. So you know, the Galaxy two goals should have been enough to get them. But giving literally gifting three goals, you know, you're you're not going to win those games. And it's going to be very difficult to get points on that game. And and I'll talk about Vasquez as well. Um, last season, we we mentioned how Vasquez was an integral part. You need someone who has that magic, can put the balls in, really has. You know, the special touch, knows the game very well, smart player. You need someone like that on the field. This season, um, it's just not there. You know, and I, I hate to say it, and, you know, it was for someone who has as much talent as he has. But, you know, he looks like someone who's just a complete shell uh, of himself. And that was the concern. Last year, you say, well, at his age, you know, at what point are the wheels going to fall off? I think the, the wheels have officially fallen fallen off because now you can't say, well, with his age is when his injuries at least, you know, giving us some minutes, he'll be able to create some things. Now he's actually more of a liability on the field than he is uh, a help at, at this point in the season. Yeah, missing missing easy passes, right? Yeah. He had uh, it, there that was should have been that's the one thing he should be able to do. Yeah, yeah there was a there was a breakout at one point, and the ball came into Vasquez, and he had to turn, and he had two guys. He had one guy going one direction, one guy going the other direction, and he could have hit either of them, and instead he hits it, and it's taken away. You know, Alvarez is guilty of that as well. And listen, um, I. I want to believe that all the talk with Zlatan saying, oh, he's the most talented player and all these things that we've seen over the years with him. I want to pretend that that isn't the reason that he is the way that he is, which is um, uh, what looks like be a fairly unmotivated player uh, who has some subpar tendencies to give the ball away, to put crosses into places where there's nobody there. Uh, whenever he shoots to hit it right at the goalkeeper to run around his right foot consistent, consistently to the point where he's constantly short siding himself and giving himself yeah. less time because he has to hit it with his left foot. I want to say that all that didn't go in. I want to say that the new blonde hair, bleach blonde hair that he has going on there has nothing <laughs> to do with the attitude that you see on the field. And I would have to believe that if the Galaxy were in a position not to play him, um, to not have to play him, because right now with Vasquez not producing, Alvarez yeah, is to, one of the few to, tens, and yeah. Costa Costa's not there. We'll talk about Costa in a little bit, but Costa's not there to play your play, give you your 65, 75 minutes that you need out of him, right? All those things. I would imagine that he rides the bench. Um, and Logan gave us a $5 super chat, says, F. Ryan Alvarez is a below-average USL player. That's not true. He's actually a very good USL player. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a huge gap between USL and Major League Soccer, and we see it every single time. I was um, going to say, I don't know how many times I've said the quadruple-A theory. It yeah, is. Too good, for, too good for USL, not quite good enough for yeah. MLS. And and to your point, with uh, that dancing around you know, to the left foot on that play in particular with the shot on goal where it was played in, where a right-footed striker could either hit that or taken it further wide to open up the space in the middle for Jovalich. You know, there was a lot of discourse yesterday about, well, not every player, you know, is strong with both feet. And I understand that, but you can't be a liability on your weak foot. No. You still have to be able to utilize your weak foot. Do, do, and the, the, do the frustrating who, part, the uh, frustrating part with that 
is that if you're going to dance around and position your body to hit it with your left, then, then okay, then that's your strong foot. It needs to be a good shot to put yourself at a position, swing your body around put your hips at a position and then still not hit it. Well, that's the frustrating part because uh, you, you might as well have just hit it with your right and had a weak shot at the key. The result would have been the same regardless. So you, when you make a, you know, your liability and you put yourself in that situation and you still can't do it, that's really frustrating to watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over and it's over and over again. That's a, that's a culmination of things too, right? I mean, you can go back and look at this game. There were plenty of guys who had chances to score again in this game. Um, Grange here, by the way, is probably the most, I, to me, he's yes. more frustrating than any player on this field because he constantly, even more so than Cambrol, gets in positions to score or to be dangerous and just doesn't have it. He rushes yeah. it like he doesn't catch it cleanly, like the whole deal. Cabral got an assist. Yay, everybody. He got an assist. He also missed a sitter from four yards out. Yeah. I mean, it's, and by the way, Eric, I mean, not to be, uh, you know, a complete dick to you, but I would put my money on you hitting that harder than he did. I, I've listen. I, <laughs> I will toot my own horn inside, inside that range. I, I, that as a former forward, that is a position that I, I, I could have put away. This is one of those, those Katie Nolan used to have a show where, you know, she'd take people who tweeted out that they could make that and then she'd have them, you know, kick field goals right. and do things yeah. and they just completely botch it. Yeah. I, I, but again, I, I feel like I'd, I'd, I'd do better than Kevin Cabral on that particular one. But I, that goes back to the mental side of it. I, I think Kevin Cabral, everything is so smooth. And then at the very end, it just that finishing product is not there. It's Clank. And with, Clank, yeah, that's and his new nickname is Clank. The, or the yips, yeah, to do a Ted Lasso. Right. Is, um, and, the, and then the same thing with Grand Sur. Grand Sur, the funny thing is he's had that goal against LAFC where he was in the right position and he slotted at home. But he, <laughs> that wasn't necessarily what he always does. He usually creates the space, gets open in front of goal, and then kicks it at the keeper or kicks it out of bounds. It, it was That goal that he scored was actually the opposite of what he normally does. So maybe his move isn't necessarily creating that space. Maybe it's camping out and waiting and doing a give and go and waiting for that service. Maybe that you know he could take a page out of his own book to make it work there. Well, I mean, again, if you look at the LAFC game and, and him scoring that goal, and we didn't get a chance to sort of talk about that, so we can talk a little bit about it, is that that's all Revelison again. Revelison pulling out wide, opening up space for Grand Sure to run inside, right? And it's one of those, it's like late run, good job, good box, right? Everything there was, that was a good play, well-timed. The LAFC game didn't lack intensity for me. Um, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that loss. Uh, you can't make the mistakes that you do um, and expect to win that game. But at the same time, the intensity was there. Uh, for the most part, the defense was there. You can talk again. This team gives up goals and bunches, right? Short, yeah. short amount of times. And that is an emotional thing. I asked Greg Vanny about yeah. it afterwards. That's an emotional intelligence thing. Getting down. It's like you get kicked in the balls. Yeah, it hurts. Guess what? <laughs> get up, put a smile yeah. on your face, say we're going to get it back and be yeah. determined. And instead, and listen, there's two things that uh, that I learned uh, from watching this game and watching Fox. And I, everybody should know I'm not a fan of Fox. Um, so I will say that straight <laughs> out. Uh, number one is that apparently Stu Holden is a better dead ball hitter than Douglas Costa because he was saying, oh, he just tried to hit it too hard and all this. Uh, Stu, shush, shush. <laughs> Are you not Should. supposed to hit free kicks hard? Like, just be quiet. Let <laughs> them. I check. Yeah, let you the professional take pace. it, Stu. Let the professional take. This is why you could never have somebody like me be your color analyst because you'd yeah. be like, Josh doesn't know what he's talking about. Except that you have people who rarely know what they're talking about, right? Especially whenever you're talking about a guy who's as as accomplished as Douglas Costa. Now, listen, Douglas Costa. That was the the one thing. Uh, the other thing that I learned. Let's see. There were two things. Um, oh, we were talking about weak foots. 
and sort of have it's like you said you write your other foot can't be a liability you know who has a really good left hand foot left foot left hand foot that, that's a good one you know who has a really good <laughs> left hand foot uh uh dayon dayon yovelich a banger with his left foot just i mean an absolute now did, yeah. he, did he hit it a little bit like i would try to hit it with my left foot does it look a little clumsy like in in the way he does it but he's pured that in order to get it it didn't but, look pretty whenever he went to hit it but when it hit his foot it took off like a rocket yeah um, but it's also it goes to he he did what the defense allowed him to do is the only he wasn't going to be able to go right. That's where the defenders were. It was the cuts to the left, so he wasn't going to dance around to go to his right foot. The, where the shot was available was on his left foot, and he said, "I'm a goal scorer. This is what I want to do. I'm going to shoot it with my left foot." And you know, he hit the lotto. You got to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to. That's right. You got to try. Right. You got to yeah. put it in there. Um, and so you know, you see those those moves and stuff like that. I mean, Jovalich has scored more goals in. Let's see. I, I forget. I think in the yeah, last the ten games. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I actually have the, the actual stat on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has eight goals in 522 minutes. Yeah. Um, that's just wild. Yeah. His total to seven goals in his last six MLS matches since, uh, this ran began in late May. No player in MLS has scored more times than Jovalich. Um, yeah. And the bottom line is the kid has the ability to play for 90 minutes. Um, yeah. and I think you're going to see him play for 90 minutes against Colorado again, because I don't think Chicha is going to, and, and Delgado are yeah. going to be back. Um, and, and the the one critique of him that I've seen out there is, well, he disappears in moments. It's like, hate to break it to you, you know, Zlatan disappeared in moments. Landon Donovan disappeared in moments. Robbie Keane did not play 90 minutes where he was an attacking threat for all 90 minutes. Like, that's what forwards do. They they show up in moments and they score, you know, one or two goals. And that that's what their job is. They're not Their job isn't to score a goal every minute, you know? So yeah, you're going to disappear in moments as a forward. That's just the nature of the position. It's like a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper isn't going to constantly be making saves. Hopefully, you yeah. know, uh, yeah, I've, I've watched, when, I've watched when, the goalkeepers try that. Uh, Mark yeah, Sinkowski, when, by the way, with nine saves was a guy who was constantly making saves. Yeah. But when the they're night. called upon, they, you know, they're, they, they, they come up big and that's the same thing with strikers. When he's called upon, he came up big and, and that's what happened. So going back to the second half, I thought when Cabral and Costa came on, they did change the game. They brought that oh. energy. It was a lifeline, but then it it fizzled. It but, seems like the as time went on, they lost that that frantic energy that they they were had. They had well, San Jose on the heels, but and then San, Jose San Jose switched adjusted. out of that. Yeah, yeah switch, Once San Jose, San Jose switched adjusted, out of it. Yeah. They fixed it. Yeah. yeah, and and you and you're like good good adjustment. I mean, you know that's yeah. that's what's supposed to happen. And listen, Costa's not ready to play. You know, 45 minutes balls to the wall yet. Although he's getting closer, I do think. Vanny said he was about 40 minutes fit. I would put him right around that probably, so that way you can get a good 40 minutes out of him. Um, I don't know what you're going to look like in Colorado with Douglas Costa, but again, I saw a lot of national people suddenly paying attention to the game, right? And they were like, "Oh, this is the best that Douglas Costa has played," and it's like. Yeah, except it started against Minnesota, right? And then he decided to get himself ejected in the 95th minute, right? So, I mean, you know, boneheaded play. But (laughs) he was very dynamic (laughs) and very game-changing in that Minnesota game. He comes in. He's hungry. Yeah, he comes in second second time, right? He comes in. Here's the problem I have with the LA Galaxy, and sometimes I think they're so such idiots for for stuff. They don't do things over and over again whenever they've shown success. What happens whenever they come out of the second half? When they make those changes, they put Cabral and Cabral and Jovalich. Yeah, sure, they're playing up together as forwards. We'll call it that, right? So what's the first ball that gets played over the top into a sprinting Cabral? Did you see that again the entire yeah. night? No, you didn't. And it's like, guys, go He's to that space. Go He's to that ball over yeah. and over and over again. Make them tired. Cabral has the legs, and he was there ready to make that run. And by the way, I'm done with Cabral. You can bench him. I don't care. Um, because quite honestly... 
it's well, it's like, what are you going to give it to me outside of an assist? And I'm glad you did. But what else are you going to give it to me? Are you going to whiff it on on the four yard yard line? Because if you're going to do that, then you know what? Put put Adam Saldana in. I'd rather him whiff it from four yards out. Yeah, he's he's still healing. But yeah, you know, uh, uh, sorry. Now it's it's the commercial underground had said last week we were talking about Dion as a super sub. And now we're saying he's got to get those 90 minutes. A lot changes in a week. It, I mean, and I think it, it's the same mentality, I think, with Cabral. That's where I was going with with my train of thought here is uh, he obviously, you know, when he came off the bench, he was hungry. He was, you know, wanting to sprint. So maybe that's what he needs. He needs to go to the bench and you need to, you know, get him motivated to come in with his hair on fire and to start making some plays. That's if that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. So it's it's just it's unfortunate that, you know, our DPs, we have to rely on our DPs as guys who are coming off the bench uh, right, to, right now. Say, yeah. Yeah. Why can't we count on these guys for 90 minutes? That's, and I think that's a lot of the frustration that you're seeing with the fan base and the criticism is, you know, we're, we're basically playing at one third of the firepower of the rest of the league. And then when you have, you know, a health and safety protocol happen, then you're, you know, have zero DPs starting the game Thin and that, that creates a whole issue uh, within itself. So it was just an, an embarrassing performance. Definitely in the first half, it was salvageable but they just dug themselves too deep of a hole. And so I think you can, yeah. we're really coming to a head with frustration. And fortunately there's still plenty of games to write the ship. It's just, yeah. they, they are in, they're in a slump right now, or they're in a, a bit of a funk, you know, two derbies where you end up dropping points, three, two, you give up mental lapses. So whatever, you know, Kumbaya moments or whatever they need to do to, to get their mentals right. Um, you know, it seems like it, it's possible, but <laughs> then again, like when you look, I was looking at five thirty eight. They've dropped 7% since our last show uh, for making the playoffs. They went from 78% to 71%. Yeah. So it can change that quickly. Yeah. And, but when you look at our roster and our construction, you're like, okay, maybe this isn't, you know, the MLS Cup supporter shield winning team, but this isn't a wooden spoon team. You yeah. know, they, they should. They should be performing better than that. And so, but but here's the problem: which team is going to show up? It's the it's the frustrating part. You're the not West, getting that consistency. But the Western Conference is such a coin flip right now that like you could fall into a wooden spoon and not even be as horrible Just, as some 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 yeah. teams this year, right? I mean, the whole deal is that I mean, well, look at SKC. Yeah. Th- this is the this is the the golden lining or sort of the silver lining to everything is that most of the underdogs won last night. <laughs> it was not a game where you know the Galaxy could have easily gotten shuffled out of every position like rather easily, you know. Seattle lost and Dallas, I think, drew and they only got a Dallas point. Dallas lost. Yeah. Oh, Dallas lost. Yeah. Lost. So, I mean, all the teams that were around the Galaxy lost. And so, really, it kind of just treaded water. Everybody just yeah. sort of stayed where they were. You know, Austin jumped up and now is in, in, in the Supporter Shield, mm-hmm. um, you know, race and up on the Western Conference and all those fun things. So, you, you can look at that and say, here, the problem is that you can't trust this team. And I would, I'm going to be the first one and everybody knows this. You you can't trust them. I don't know. I've seen them play very, very, very good. Um, And I've seen them play. I mean, listen, the the second half against Minnesota, the second half against San Jose, um, the open cup game against LAFC. Um, the open, the first half of uh, Montreal. The first and, half of Montreal. And, mom- and yeah. moments in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, S- 60 minutes against Montreal of just domination. But they are so fragile emotionally. We, I was talking to somebody about just the emotionalness of this team. 
and there's so many emotional players whenever you start to actually go through and be like, okay, let's talk about like the guys who really get in their own head, right? Cabral's in his own head, duh. Um, that guy's that guy's there. Uh, Julian yeah. Rajo, super emotional player. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Edwards, super super emotional player, right? Like you can you can pick these guys off pretty easily. I mean, Delgado is a little more even keeled, but even he gets you he's, know he's more on the emotional side than yeah. he is on the revelations that we call revelations a emotional. Uh, <laughs> he has he has no emotions and. Listen, that has suited him a lot better in recent games of just being that even keeled seven of ten guy. If you could give me seven of ten guys, right? Give me seven of ten performances from here on out, the Galaxy make the playoffs easily, right? It's these it's these horrible moments. Um yeah. and you know, Koulibaly just passing the ball into the middle again. I think Williams could have got there. Um he slipped going out he, to it. He hesitated. Yeah. It, it was kind of an awkward just it was like it seems like a record scratch. You may be wondering how I got here right now. Right? Yeah. yeah it's like you had plenty of time to monologue what happened in that moment. It was just, it was just a, 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 a what is it? A comedy of errors it is, is what happened with all three of those goals. But, but it's the, individuals. It, it's like, it's, yeah. it's like, okay, so, you know, team wise, how do you fix? Well, how do you fix cool about, well, you tell them not to pass the ball to freaking nobody in the middle of the field. I mean, <laughs> You know, guess what? That works on your peewee team. That works on, in Major League Soccer sometimes too, right? Again, for me, I'm sitting there talking to Araujo and I'm talking to Edwards and being like, you guys are defenders. I don't want you. I don't care if you're involved in the offense at all today. Play defense first. But, but the other side of the coin is if you look at the, Mon- the Montreal game, the buildup out of the back. And so you saw that work where when you do build it up out of the back and you kind of, you know, see your tiki taco soccer of, of Galaxy yesteryear, it can work and they have shown that they can do that. It just, it didn't connect in that regard. And so I think that's, that's just the, the, the two sides of the coin is you can't say, well, just boot it up field. Well, that's not necessarily what the game plan is and that's not necessarily what they're, they're asking them to do. So it's just a matter of executing and, and, and making it work. And the last thing I'll, I'll mention about this game is Williams mentioning in the post game press conference, you know, that he should have slid, uh, you know, with that tight angle. And that that's the one thing I was thinking is he obviously was waiting for that ball to be cut back across, and that's why he didn't. But you, ha- you have to trust your defense and hope that everyone else is running back to cover for you. You have to slide in, at least cover uh, that near post. But I, I did appreciate and respected the fact that he, he acknowledged it and said, that's on me. You know, yeah. I sat in the locker room for 30 minutes thinking about, you know, why didn't I slide? So I respect him for coming out and say that. But uh, again, just another comedy of errors there. Yeah. Um, again, I'll sort of push back on people who are like, oh, OK, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, Greg Vanny's lost the team. He again hasn't um, <laughs> not even close, um, you know. But listen, they were talking about it a bunch of the broadcasts too. whenever, you know, during this game, which is they were talking about Almeida. Right. And coaching San Jose. And they're like the players didn't want him to go. They loved them. Yeah. yeah, they love they love playing for him the whole deal. And so, you know, you could have that situation here. You're not going to. Um, you're not going to right now. Greg Vanny isn't going anywhere this year and the galaxy are very well aware that they have not allowed any coach to develop over the time. Um, and that trying to do so now, especially with somebody who has so many irons in the fire, trying to fix so many things, you eventually have to set a base and have to set a foundation. Um, and I think that they should leave Greg Vanny the hell alone. Um, because I've seen too many coaches get run off with ideas and things that they wanted to do to change around the club. And that's gone on since 2017 and nobody has changed anything because nobody's in there long enough to change anything. Um, yeah. But it almost makes you Monday morning quarterback and say, well, if, if we're giving Vanny this leash, you know, why wasn't Siggy given this leash? Why wasn't GBS given this leash? And we obviously know, I think those situations were different, but you know, you could say the same thing for those previous coaches as well. Right. But the, 
I've been someone who said who's had tendencies to lean into the Vanny, you know, isn't necessarily coaching this team to its fullest potential. I'm someone who said that, but the more and more I look back on this and I look at the roster construction, I believe more and more in what Vanny is doing because I'm thinking, <laughs> I, you know, it, I can't. Hold on, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, somebody, something good happened. What happened? It was. It was just. It's a handful of players can stay. This is E Super. He's he's usually on the burn everything to the ground in the chat room. <laughs> a handful of players can stay, but the new coach will get to bring in his players. Didn't we? Haven't we done this? Let's see. This, this Anolfo, the, he got players right. Let's see. Siggy Schmidt. Uh, he got players. Guillermo Barrascoleta, did he get? Yep, he got players. Um, rinse and repeat. Hey, if you want the same results, go ahead. Keep changing things. Well, that's um, the thing. We're, we're in the, th- you know, how many rebuilds are we going to do in the last three fourth? years? But this my, is the fourth one. My, the, the point that I was getting around to Vanny is that Vanny is taking a team that regularly starts without two of their DPs and that, you know, has, <laughs> I, I hate to disparage the guy, but I, I'm going to do it. Like regularly starts Nick DePew and regularly starts Efren Alvarez, who's not setting the world on fire. And they're managing to still technically be in a playoff spot like, Okay, maybe you know other coaches could do a lot worse with what that those uh, ingredients right. that are put in front of them when you look at it, and so that becomes begs a bigger conversation of roster construction and the front office and who are the players that they're bringing in and who are they scouting and who's in charge who's who's driving the ship and that's why you're seeing the Klein out crowd and the yeah. Karofsky out crowd and now you're starting to see journalists ask questions hey wait a minute this is now five years Sam Steschkel someone who said hey this has been you know five years it's like you guys are just discovering this now that galaxy fans and you know people who have been close to the galaxy yeah we've we've known this we've yeah. seen this happening you know we've watched the club deteriorate right before our eyes and so now i think it's starting to become more and more apparent and the shouts are getting louder and louder with the klein out and the karofsky out because you know it, the decisions just seem to be all wrong with with the roster construction and some of that falls on vanny and you know he he's got to take ownership yeah. for for you know the league two all-stars that he's assembled here in mls at some point we need to, you know, have, have a different set of ambition, but also, you know, there, there's got to be so if v- Vanny isn't the end all be all, there are other people who are bringing in players as well. And you need to be able to scout and bring in better players also. Yeah. Um, just taking a look at just uh, again, how much the DPs have hurt. You have Douglas Costa, who's played less than 50% of the total available minutes to him so far. So 1,710 total available minutes. He's played 802. So 46.9%. Kevin Cabral. Now, Kevin Cabral is an interesting case, right? Because Kevin Cabral has not been injured. There's he's been suspended for one game because he got a bogus red card. Um, and so he's played in 18 games. There's been 19, right? He's played in 18. Um, and he's now started 13 games, 946 minutes, 55.3% in total minutes played. So all your DPs and Chicha, uh, leads them with 86.5%. Listen, 86.5% on minutes is great for Chicha. It's probably too many. Did we lose you, Eric? Did it, I, I can't hear you. I, I muted myself, okay, okay. and then I forgot to unmute myself. Okay, just checking. I just You're wanted to make sure it wasn't this me. This is, you know, like I said, 2022. I've, you know, we've been living in this uh, virtual world, and I still forgot how to use my microphone. It's, it's okay. Yeah, I'm just checking. 85% is, is stellar, you right. know, for, for a DP, especially given, uh, you know, the PTSD that we have from previous injured DPs, and then you see, you're seeing it happen with Cabral and Costa as well, not necessarily getting the minutes uh, that we need out of our DPs. Yeah. Um, and so you're getting, like you said, 62.9% of your total. Do you think that that's enough? I'll tell you this, that, you know, people are talking about how Vanny has sort of used day on Yovich and how, how, whether or not he's underutilized him or stuff like that. He has, he has some scoring now in, in eight, eight goals. Um, and he leads the galaxy in goals. Um, he has that number. Um, and he's fresh for this ridiculous stretch that's about to come through July and August. I don't hate that at all. 
um, in terms of how that goes. I think that uh, he's going to get more minutes, and I think that Cheech is going to have to get less minutes. And if Cheech is not performing, then that's you know that's going to be another hit. Um, it's going to be hard to take Cheech off. It's going to be hard to take Day on yeah. off. Um, and I think Vanny's going to balance that the best he can in order to get it. Short turnaround, a high yeah. altitude in Colorado at a place that the Galaxy don't win. Um, and so, well, they don't win at home either yeah, against Colorado. Absolutely <laughs> true. Absolutely <laughs> but, but true. The one, the one thing that I'll say, um, it is d- difficult. You know, with Chicha's not performing, you know, how do you sit him on the bench? And with Dayon being on fire like he is, you have to give him the minutes. I think we're at a point where you know. Preston Judd is someone who saw a call up yesterday. He was on the bench. And so I think there's, you need to put those two forwards and then your backup now becomes Preston Judd. And, you know, he's someone who's, you know, going back to that USL quadruple a, let's, you let's know, see. too good for USL, not good enough for MLS. It, we're because of how well Dayon is performing. I think Judd is going to have to be the benefactor and have to be the guy off the bench because I think you just, you have to, you have to see how they work both of them on the field moving forward because the, Efren Alvarez of it all, you know, being the cam or being there, it's not working. So maybe you put Cabral and, and Grant Sur on the outside, you, you know, and, and figure something else out and, and have your four, four, two, but, uh, and with Delgado and Revelison in the middle, or maybe Brugman comes in and, and becomes another one of those anchors or the, those pivot guys. But, but I think you're going to need to see, uh, Dayan and Chicharito on the field together because th- those are your only options you know, right now to, that seem to be scoring. I, I would, I would like to point something out um, only because uh, Miss Ravino said the DPs account for half of our goals, right? So not too bad. If you're looking at the goals, the LA galaxy have scored, if you're thinking, and you haven't seen the projection, I haven't sent it, I sent it out to you. So if you're thinking, are the LA galaxy scoring more goals than last year or the same amount of goals from last year or less goals than last year? What does it feel like in your heart without sort of sitting there and saying, okay, where are we at? Are you, are you, up to this point in the season, the same amount no, of No, no. Like, so basically they figure out that because I, like I can project. Through, yeah, I can project. I through think the end. because of there was a, da- a major downside at the end of last season, I'd say it's pretty close to about the same if you were to project them out. Yeah. But I think how they started last season, I'd say like if you did up to this point, they'd probably less than they were last season. But, uh, you know, if you were to project it out, it's about even. How, how'd I do? Yeah, it is. What are the results? Um, it, it, it is. So 50.1 right now, and they scored, I think, 50 goals last year. Okay. Um, so 50.1 is the projection right now. Defensive goals at 44.7, still about 10 goals better than last season, even with the dramatic swing of the three goals, three goals, three goals, three goals. Now, the good news is the Galaxy have been scoring a lot of two goals, so the goal differential is still in the positive. Um, but it's not going to stay that way for long if they keep doing these things. So, um, Listen, the offense has picked it up actually a little bit, I, and that we should say the offense. Dayon has picked it up. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say I, I posted a meme yesterday of uh, a guy with a gigantic backpack, and I said, you know, I hope Dayon has a good chiropractor uh, because he's been carrying this team on his back. So yeah, you're right. He he has been someone who who's carrying it. And Revelison, you know, once <laughs> once we learned that he was the the next attacker in line, he's someone who's kind of turned it on as of late as well. So. Uh, k- kind of interesting there. I don't know if you want to get to the super chat from Jose because I think that's worth, worth yeah, addressing. For sure. A $20 super chat from Jose. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Jose says, time for Klein to face the fan base. Sasha took the bullet for the team talking to ACB after the game while the rest of the team avoided eye contact, almost like McCourt era with the Dodgers. Maybe time for new ownership. I have always been against the new ownership only because AEG has such, such deep pockets, right? It's like you, I think, I think they're like seventh or eighth richest owners or in the top 10 richest owners in the world. That's not in major league soccer in the world. AEG. So the money is there, but if they don't have the conviction 
And I have not seen any sort of conviction from Dan Beckerman since he has been here, except to come and yell at Kevin Baxter whenever he gets a chance. <laughs> um, you know, just there's some just real shallow, tiny egos that are sort of at play a lot of times. Um, and it's like, it's you like, mean upper level management has ego I just, issues. But I like, That's so I, weird. I just can't, <laughs> I can't like you would think if you're a professional, right? You would think that Chris Klein would be calling me up and saying, Hey Josh, can I come on the podcast and talk about this? You would think Yovan Karofsky would call up, be like, Hey Josh, can I come on the podcast and you know, talk to you about let this? Me, because let me do- defend myself. There's a reason why we brought Douglas cost in yeah. these analytics, this, that, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. we met with them. We were at random. Yeah. Let me, let me defend my job. If I'm failing at my job, let me tell you, no, 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 you're, you got it wrong. Let me, let me spin. Let me talk. Let me defend myself. But you're right. The lack of doing so, like Jose saying, not facing, you know, not getting in front of it. That shows a lack of backbone, a lack of spine and not saying not owning it, not wearing it. Right. And just the fact that there's a ghost, uh, GM position. There's, there's no technical, you know, GM like Dennis DeClosa was it's, you know, who, who's really in charge. And so when you have no face on it, but we're not dumb. We know who the face is. We know it's Jovan Karoski bringing in a lot of these players. We right. know Chris Klein is the president of the LA Galaxy. And at some point, you do need to face the fan base. People are upset. Even if I think you and I think the burn it down to the ground crowd is maybe taking it a little bit too far. Maybe I mean, they if they want to throw out the front office, I'm fine with that. But, Everybody in the but, front office could go. I don't really But care, to that but. point, even if you're not completely on board with that being a justified reaction, you have to be aware that that exists and yeah. that people are feeling that way. And it's not one or two people. There's a large number of fans who feel that way. Address it. Talk about it. Say, hey, I know that you're, you know, you're not feeling that, but, you know, we're kind of doing it. Hey, right. I know everyone's not feeling great about it, but let's look at the stats. Let's look at this team is salvageable. We're ca- trying to do that. Why Why isn't the front office doing that? Why isn't the president of the club addressing one of those, you know, skeletons that is in the room that everyone seems to be shouting and, and I get it. You don't want to, if everyone's yelling at you and booing at you, that's not the most comfortable thing to come out and say, but at some point you just, that's, that's you're, your an job. That's what you're, you're an that, adult. You're an adult. You're the front of the club. That's <laughs> you're the face of, of the organization. You, you need to face the music at some point. Yeah. By the way, Christian uh, gave us a $2 super chat said, how long did it take for Bruce to get things going? Well, Bruce came in 2009, actually at the end of 2008, right? So end of 2008, uh, a little bit and then took over in 2009 and the LA galaxy go to an MLS cup in 2009. The only thing I will caution against you is, we are not in 2009 anymore. There are 28 teams. The margin for error is so much smaller. Um, you know, but it's not like the LA Galaxy have done everything great and they've just been unlucky. That is not the case, right? I mean, so who was the best designated player the LA Galaxy have gotten since, you know, Robbie Keane? Um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Right. Okay. So Zlatan, and you totally wasted him, right? I mean, that that <laughs> team was not very good, and yet, but it's it's a, but that's. But, that that but that almost goes against what we're saying. Like that's right. a no brainer move. Right. Someone that who almost necessarily can make that your move. lap. Really, I can make that yeah. move. You can make that move. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always argued that getting Steven Gerrard was one of those no brainer moves. It was sort of like he wants to come play, and you well then you go get him. Right. And yes, you know, <laughs> me being an uneducated person on this and not being like, hey, let's have Steven run through a physical and see how he's doing. You know, the whole deal. That ends up hurting the team. But Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini was not a success. I know people would love to believe he's a great guy. He was not a success. Yeah, it was looked back with rose-colored glasses, and he was a bright spot on a very bad team. Right. But you're you're right. He missed a lot of games, and he didn't live up to that full potential. But but I will say Roman Alessandrini, Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, um, even Steven Gerrard, they they had moments where Mm -hmm. they looked good. We we have seen very rarely seen DPs who have been 
bad over the entire course of their tenure. And that's the scary thing about the Douglas Costa situation. Because even Chicharito, obviously that first year, very down year, but he had the bounce back year and he's being a serviceable for, for, serviceable forward this year. So it's not, you know, he's not bad for the entirety. So that's the scary thing about the both the Douglas Costa and the Kevin Cabral situation is we haven't had bad DPs for the entirety of their DP stint. And that's the scary part. Costa, I think, is is going to be okay. Um, I don't think he's going to be great, and he needs to stay healthy, and I'm not sure. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure that there is a ton of hope for him in terms of that he's absolutely going to be a game changer, but I'll be honest. Right now, I'll take 30 minutes at the end of a game to come in and just, like, torch people on, oh. on sharp moves and, and things. He was dynamic against San Jose. They didn't have an answer for him. He was creating holes. He was opening things. It was the where you would like to see him. If you want to be a naysayer and say he's a bust, then you can. I'm just saying that there is a pathway for him to be very complimentary piece and a driving force in the LA galaxy. But again, we're talking about that's, a designated player. That's that's not what you're bringing a designated player. It doesn't matter, do. but that's what that's, you're going to get. Yeah. But that, that's what you're bringing a TAM player in to do. That's what you're bringing, you know, uh, a, a MLS veteran in to do. That's, that's not the, the job of a DP. You're right. At this point in the season, this is what we have. And especially when we talk about like rumors and updates and what's going on, it's in, it's bone dry right now. There's nothing going on. So <laughs> given this is the roster, yes, yeah. that's what we're going to have to rely on yeah. and we'll have to wait by the way, see how it goes. But, but we'll, but that's, uh, yeah, P- that's P- where we're at. I always forget Pavone, right? Pavone was a good designated player, right? Was very correct. And didn't start it right. He didn't come in as a designated player. No, he came in as a TAM player. Remember yes. they got him for there free, a free yeah. loan. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's, he knew a guy who knew a guy. Yeah. I, I have no idea, but, um, yeah. So, um, but you know, but he was after, after, after Zlatan, but I'd say Zlatan's stint so, was more so successful here's, than Pavone's. Sleepy Douglas Costa, by the way, is my new favorite, uh, <laughs> name, uh, in the, in the chat room. Uh, and, uh, Sleepy Douglas Costa says JPA is an excellent South American scout for LAFC. hundred percent. No LA galaxy coach has been greenlit or given the ability to set up a scouting network. You want to know why you're not getting the players that you should get? Because the Galaxy don't have a scouting network. Mm-hmm. All right? Do you, do you, I mean, it's hands down. We've And we've known about this for a while. Like, there's no scouting network. There's no analytics department, right? No dedicated analytics department, right? All these things. There's none of that has been allowed to be put into place. Siggy Schmidt wanted to put it into place, right? I don't know that Guillermo Barroscoloto wanted to. I imagine he did. I know Dennis Tecloso wanted to do that, right? Again, being allowed to spend the money to set this up. Greg Vanny seems like one of the first guys who's being allowed to try and set this stuff up. And it does not happen overnight, but you are playing catch up with the New York cities, with the Atlantas, with the LAFCs, with everybody who you shouldn't have had to play catch up with. But when Bruce left, Bruce didn't have a scouting network because Bruce was sort of like, I'll just go into my Rolodex and be like, who's Ooh, Eddie Lewis. Yeah. Come on down. You know, Well, and that's the thing you, you go with what you know. And I think, the fact that we haven't seen an attempt is kind of the frustrating thing. And so you can't just like be broad and say, Hey, you know, go to South America and find like people like you need just, to just have <laughs> some type of thing. So I, I think about like Marcelo Sarvis and Juninho, uh-huh. how they're involved. They have roots in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Why not have them go on, you know, lengthy trips to Brazil, scout the Brazilian league. And you know, they're familiar with the territory, have former clubs there. Like, you don't have to start from scratch. You can go with what you have, the resources that are available and start, you know, chipping away at those things. But the fact is that there's been 
not even an attempt that there's or at least no public acknowledgement of something like that you know, in the works, it's very frustrating. It, and, and it should be frustrating and it has been frustrating. But again, if you tear that down right now, right, this is again, some of this stuff you have to, it's like you're a farmer, you're planting fields, right? Well, every time the farmer changes, you can't go out there and tear up the, well, I want to, I want to grow carrots. Okay. Well, I'm going to grow carrots. So you plant the carrots, you water the carrots, the carrots start coming out of the ground. You change farmers. The farmers are like, well, I don't want carrots. I want potatoes. And then, so he goes out and he puts the potatoes in and then, he's, then the, you fire him and the next guy comes out and he goes, well, I don't want to plant potatoes. I want to plant celery. And he goes out and he plants the celery, the whole deal. And you're like, but we're still hungry. We're and, still and hungry. We haven't, we haven't sold any. We, have, we haven't sold any of those crops because <laughs> we haven't let them come. Crash, to, yeah. So, so you have to let some stuff develop. And I'm willing to be more patient on that because I think that's important well, in this. That's more important than what is going on right now. Um, and it's also the fourth coach, fifth coach, and, and the you know whatever it is. We've learned. Okay, it's obviously not the coach. So you can change you know, coaches I, again. Yeah, right? You can, but it's that we've seen that movie before. It's, <laughs> so I, I'm fine with, okay, th- something else needs to change in the periphery. It, it can't just be the coach every single time. Give me a smart coach and Vanny is smart. Um, and just not smart on field stuff. Just he's smart across an organization. He understands what needs to be there. Now, do I still think that there should be a general manager? Yes. But I've thought that for a while. I would like a general manager. I would like somebody confident enough to be like, I'm the general manager. I make decisions <laughs> here, 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 that, come talk to me, yeah. come talk to me. I'm going to tell you how we found this person. I'm going to tell you how we scouted this person. I'm going to tell you that we had four other people. And the reason that we didn't choose them was this. I'll tell you right now, Dennis DeCloso was an extreme open book on that. You asked him any question, he would give you an answer. He's like, no, we're not talking to that person. Yes, we are talking to that person. And we're actually talking to three other people. And these are the guys that we're talking to. And we really like him. And we think this guy's going to be good. You need to have confidence in that. Yeah. I, I believe that Greg Vanny is open to having those types of conversations. But again, unless he's given the, he is the GM and he can talk about all this stuff and he can do all this stuff. It's, 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 it's observation, right? Am I saying that right? Right. They're, they're, I have no idea. They're, they're obs- <laughs> it's obscure. They're trying to make it obscure oh, on gotcha. purpose, okay. right? Yes. So it's like, it's like yeah. frosted glass. It's like, oh, they can kind of see through it, but I don't know. There's yeah. like a shadow back there or something, there, you know? There's no problem. To, yeah, if you can't see the problem, there's no problem to solve. It's, yeah, it's, it's ignoring the, the engine light in your car. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, let me check just engine. put some tape over it. Yeah, well, I, I reset the engine light. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but you're supposed to fix it. Yeah, no, I, I reset the button. It's just the button. It's not there anymore. It's a check engine. I checked it. <laughs> I was like, yep, still there, Uh, you know? So anyway, so I mean, that's, those are the things that you need to say play out. Now, uh, Brugman, Vanny was hopeful that Brugman would be on on a Friday. We're recording on a Thursday night. So if you're looking for any Brugman updates, it looks like Gaston Brugman should be in LA here this weekend-ish, right? I don't, listen, they're they're probably not not training on Friday. Most likely eyeing the Atlanta game next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see him. Yeah, I think you're not going to see him this weekend. Um, That's not happening. Um, Vanny was very emphatic, said that, you know, Hey, he, this guy is sending us videos of his workouts that he's doing. So we're convinced that he's actually in okay shape, right? So it's not like, you know, it's one of those things that's everybody goes, well, shouldn't they know if he's in okay shape? But well, have you ever had like a zoom call with somebody and then you met him in person? You're like, wow, you look a lot different than you do on your zoom call. Hey, yeah. I, I take offense to that. personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I look, a lot, I look pretty good with this lighting, but yeah, in person, not so much. 
uh, so so uh, so that's that's really where you're at at this point, which is yes, we've seen him play. Yes, we we know him. Yes, we know that he's saying he's been sending us stuff saying I'm ready. I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm training hard. Here's the videos of my workouts. Here's this. I mean, straight up sending videos of workouts. I mean, there's some there's <laughs> well, some texting for you. You know, I was it's gonna like, say <laughs> if you're savvy enough, have you, did you hear about Rob Gronkowski? What he did no. in the off season? No. He 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 worked out. We went to a, a high school field. Took like four or five different outfits did a bunch of sprints in different outfits. And then every week he'd put, send a different video of him in a different outfit nice. sprinting nice. and saying, yeah, I'm working out. I'm this working out. Yeah. So, it's working yeah, out. Leave it to Rob Gronkowski to, to game the system. So uh, uh, yeah. we're not, you're not fooling us. Gaston well, Brugman. By the way, Matt says, I hope they're doing a better due diligence than they did with Costa. This is exactly what we're talking about though. This yes. is the lack of surveillance, the <laughs> lack of ability. And I was talking to an analytics guy, um, I won't use his name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but there he was like, it's not just about like the net. It's like, how big of a net did you cast? And then how did you narrow down those people in that list? He's like, if you're doing that wrong, like if you're making a mistake in any of those sort of initial things, you're excluding players that you shouldn't exclude and you're including guys you shouldn't be including. And if you get that wrong, now all of a sudden your fishbowl that you had that had like 20 guys in it has two guys in it. And you know what? They're both belly up already. And that's how you end up with Douglas Costa. It's like, oh, well, we had 20 guys, but Douglas Costa was the best that we could find. You know, it's a whole deal. It's like, well, no, that's not the right answer. <laughs> right. And so or, or maybe he was, but then, then you need to zoom out and say, well, why was he the best out of this 20? We need to we need to find a different 20 as someone we need to look at our algorithm, different, yeah, different <laughs> system to bring up a different, different situation. Cause yeah, maybe that is true. Maybe, maybe we're not being fed a bunch of BS and maybe for whatever, whatever they looked at, Douglas Costa rose to the top of their list, but now you need to go back and say, okay, what, what did we do to get us, get him on the top of the list right. and let's do something different. They, they, they valued, see, they undervalued goal scoring. They were sort of like goal scoring, not as important as, uh, ability to take fire Instagram videos at, at really sweet, um, you know, uh, mansions in Beverly Hills. I was going right? to say he's in, he's enjoying his time here in LA. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, and everybody so, at first was like, where is foul. that? It's in Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair or foul for, you know, the, you know, Hercules Gomez kind of went at him yep. for, you know, not reading the room and things like that. But, but that is one of those red flags that does pop up. One of the first places when he came to LA, it's not him at, uh, you know, digging the hell sports pockets, him at Rodeo drive with this. It's like, okay, if that was number one on your priority, bit of a red flag, maybe we, we, we could have read into that a little bit more, you know, someone who loves to read into Instagram, you can, but he also must, posted must, something today that he's, his, he's focused. He's in the game. He's worried about it. Posting his, well, his, you know, his, his wife sent him the video of Hercules Gomez going off. Right. I don't know I how mean, much truth there is to that, but yeah, man, I would be like, why are you sending me that? Like what if my <laughs> wife said, who, 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 who talked to his wife that said that he, she sent him that. Well, like if my wife is like, Hey, this other podcast is making fun of you here. I'd be like, I don't need that in my brain space. <laughs> like that's, I'm a very, as we're speaking about emotionally damaged people and like, you know, the galaxy and all that I'm emotionally damaged. I don't need that in there. So um, uh, good times. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, going through stats and looking at stuff. Listen, it's not pretty in terms of home versus away. And the LA Galaxy are really bad at home. Um, and they're still better than they are away. So Yeah, that, that's the interesting thing. Yeah, it, it's it's not. You would think by the way they're playing. OK, maybe there's, uh, you know, a, a huge swing, uh, you know, the other direction. But no, they are actually better at home. 
<laughs> with a total of the game. They, from 1.45 points per game. Uh, and by the way, well underneath the 1.87, which is their average at home, right? So a significant undercurrent there. So 1.71 last year at home. Uh, you go to away, and the Galaxy are actually outperforming their historic average on away. So in a way, they are better on the road than they are at home, 1.38 points per game. Um, that being said, I think if you're trying to find anything that sort of you know makes you, makes you feel uh, warm and fuzzy about uh, Colorado, you're not going to find it. Um, 16 points at home, uh, 11 points on the road so far for the Galaxy. But remember, the Galaxy have not been, quote unquote, away since um, when was the last time they were away? Actually away. Uh, was it Austin? The last time they were actually away? Somebody needs to check say, that. I got, I got no answers for you there. But, but I will some, say something just to put a bow on the Douglas Costa piece. I got a shout out Tito in the chat. He said, that, you know, the LA Galaxy front office doesn't think a player like Raul Rui Diaz is sexy enough for LA. Diego Costa comes with a resume and screams sexy. And so that's the difference. And I agree. You you need someone who's not going to be I'm, you know, I'm not, flashy signing. I'm not, I'm that way. I, I, but, but like I, but, <laughs> but I do agree with the stars, you know, stars they, win bars type thing. So. Yeah. But then, yeah, you look like someone like for the crew, Cucho, you know, or, uh, you know, when he came in, that's not someone who's necessarily, that's super that, that's, sexy, but, but you that's got, all business. Here's the thing. And somebody asked, where does D- Dayon fit in next year as the Galaxy go? I, I mean, his role is only going to increase as he keeps scoring. He's he's making it impossible for Greg to take him off the field, which is what you want from a player, right? Um, he just needs to keep up that energy. I am still, I would very much still be cautious with him. He's playing a ton of minutes now. Um, they're starting to rack up. You don't want him to be tired because he seems to thrive in these moments. That being said, he needs more minutes. I mean, you need to get that guy 60 minutes every single game coming up. Um, but you also probably need to teeter-totter him with Chicha coming up as well because you have so many games. Yeah. Uh, this is just a Saturday at altitude is going to be brutal. Um, and it's warm in Denver too. And it's not going to be a pleasant game and it's not going to be an easy game and you're not going to have Chicha. So, I don't think you're going to have Chicha right now. I don't yeah. expect that Delgado or, or Chicharito will be back in time. It's un, it's unlikely depending. I, I think the reports coming out with that. They found out on Wednesday doing some sleuthing. Uh, Mark Delgado made a tweet with a face palm oh. on Tuesday. So I think that may have been the day that he found out. I so did not give Mark Delgado COVID. All right. I would just like to point <laughs> out. I did not give Chicha COVID. I got yeah. it from probably the same people that they got it from because we were in the same circles. There's listen, I'm telling you right now. They're in the press box. I know, I think three people who got it. I know that there are some staff both on the LAFC side and the LA Galaxy side that got it. And by the way, I should also point out just that way I don't get yelled at by somebody at the Galaxy um, that Chicharito and Mark Delgado are in health and safety protocols. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they have COVID. <laughs> it does, but it's it doesn't necessarily, it's health and safety protocols. But okay. My, my I, I was is, in health and safety protocols. Yeah. <laughs> all right. My, my point is that it's too close of, of a day to see them. The one benefit that they have, going in their favor is that there's no midweek game next week. They'll, they'll have a week's rest. Right. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to put it all on the table, you know, this is a game where, okay, yes, you're going away at altitude. You're missing some of your players, but lay it all out there because you're going to have a week to recover and get right. John, by the way, says we need a Taylor Swift level signing. Um, that's a, that's a big level. Could Taylor Swift just become a galaxy fan though? I would like to still try to figure out a way to get her on the podcast. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is like, you look at the types of people who the galaxy, like, give the celebrity cachet to she, she doesn't fit the mold of like that. So I think that she's that too makes famous. It that much, 
that makes it that much funnier. Like, okay, can, Ke- can Kevin, G. can they just get it's, Kevin Ryder to come on our show? Maybe that's it. Kevin, Kevin needs to come like on our Kevin. show. I know. I yeah, actually Kevin's DM'd him. Kevin, if you're listening, um, I did DM you to see if you wanted to come on the show. Um, I know that sometimes you do listen. So if you would like to come on the show, please, I'll kick hammer out in a second. You could, you could do whatever <laughs> you want. You're a professional. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, so that's where the galaxy sit right now. I mean, listen, they're not in a good spot. They're in a funk. Um, I don't love where their headspace is at. Um, you know, I don't know if they need, this is Los Angeles. We should get a good shaman cleaning in there, get some sage going. A saging. Yeah. Yeah, We we need need a a good saging for this team. I I agree. I mean, we need to get the demons out of here. Yeah. You know, this is, maybe they need to watch some, some Ace Ventura pet detective a little bit because that, (laughs) that also exercises the demons a little bit. So what, however it works. Um, so, you know, something needs to, needs to, I just want to see the edge. Um, and I think they're better whenever they have the edge on defense and and they don't need to sell out on offense as much. And I think that's Greg's big concern anyway. Um, and I think Brugman sort of helps that a lot, actually. I think that calms things down and they're expecting him to calm things down. I don't know. I've watched highlights of the guy. I haven't seen him play. Um, I know we'd yeah. always like to pretend like, oh, well, this is a great. Sign. I have no idea. Uh, Greg is high on him. Very high on him. Yeah. Um, they've watched him for over a year that says something about how much they want him. Right. Um, and so, Hey, either they're fixated and they're going to get it wrong again. Right. Or he's going to be, you know, a decent, listen, it's all levels. It could be anything. He could come in and yeah. just be a six to 10 guy all the time. And you're and like, that, okay, that's the thing. I, I expect him to come in and be like, kind of like a Revelison was last season, come in, look solid and press, impress the team. And then it's just a matter of if he's going to be able to keep that consistency. Cause I think whenever you go to a new club, there's like a, an initial burst. Yeah. You know, you always come out. Of, see, you know, see Ryan Revelison. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you're going to see that from him. You're going to see, you know, a, a bulldog, you know, type guy based on what other fans and other scouts have been saying about, you know, the type of guy that he is. So I'm looking forward to see him join the team because may, maybe they need just someone else who's going to come in and, uh, you know, maybe that's too much pressure to put on someone like Gaston Brugman, but maybe you just need at this point in the season, someone from the outside to come in and say, what's, what's wrong with you guys? Wake up, smack, smack some people around a little bit and just say, Oh, that's right. You know, we, someone's going to come in here and, you know, give us some hard tackles and bump into us and, and push us a little bit more. Maybe they just need, maybe that new blood could be something that, you know, will make a difference. The big deal is that the galaxy still have room apparently for one more player, how they do that and how they get another international slot and how they sort of make that addition. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know. Um, but they it's also have, extremely quiet right now. It, well, yeah, I no mean, rumors, no nothing yet. That's you got the you got the fervor of the opening of the window. Now this one was always going to be more difficult. We sort of talked about that. Greg sort of hinted at it. He thought it was optimistic that they were going to get it done. Um, but it by no means felt like it was locked and done. Like we were talking about Brugman. Um, that was locked and done for a while. Uh, if let's make ridiculous comparisons for a little bit for Dejan Jovalich, uh, <laughs> 65 minutes per goal right now. He's scoring a goal once every 65 minutes. Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the record breaking year for the LA galaxy where he scored 30 goals, 29 games played in 2,610 minutes. He averaged 1.03 game uh, goals per game, or actually that's games per goal. I believe it's like basically he was scoring a goal every yeah. game that he played, right? That's what his yeah. average was. Now Dejan is at 0.47. That's not you're not going to get that same with Dayon because he doesn't usually play uh, for 90 minutes. And that's how that's 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 calculated. Right. So minutes per goal is is the per 90 minute one that you want to look at. He's scoring goal once every 65 minutes. Zlatan was doing it once every 87 minutes. Um, That's at what point. How many minutes do you think is a minimum to where he truly belongs on the list? 
think a thousand minutes. I don't think it's minutes. I think it's goals. It's like he keep if he keeps scoring goals, he's on the list, Eric. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like one of those. If but, he if he ends up with twenty goals, if he ends up with twenty goals, which I realize is In another thousand tw- minutes and like a thousand over a thousand minutes, <laughs> I, it's kind of hard to sit there and say, okay, that dude is like for real. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure somebody could do a better job of pulling stats. I just don't have everybody's stats on every LA Galaxy team ever to yeah. be able to pull all of those and say, oh, well, this guy actually, if you had more than a thousand minutes in a season, had more, you know, that type yeah. of thing. We could do a really, um, you know, a better comparison. So anyway, so there's that. Um, if you want to look at year over year, the LA Galaxy at this point in 2021 had 35 points through 19 games. They're at 27 points through 19 games. That's not uh, that's not great. It is, they either started, Eric, I'm of two minds right now. They either started their uh their last third of the season collapse early um and therefore they'll be able to pull out of it or they're gonna just this is a bump and then they're gonna be able to pull out of this a little bit i would go with that one i I think this is the skid where we're gonna gonna skid and then you're gonna give yourself enough runway to bring yourself back up come come the end of the season I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. However, the, however they want to do it, I'm, I'm ready to pay attention. We talk about score first, go, uh, sco- uh, scoring first or allowing first and how just ridiculously integral it is to the LA Galaxy. 7-1-1 one, one right now whenever they score the first goal. 1-7-1 uh, whenever they wow. allow the first goal. And <laughs> a, a mirror, a, a literal mirror image there. That's crazy. Their last uh, three games that they have allowed the first goal, they've allowed three goals, right? So that was yeah. against Minnesota, 3-2. to two. That was against LAFC, 3-2. to two. That was against San Jose, 3-2, to two, right? Um, so 3-2, to 3-2, 3-2. Two, three to two, three to two. Uh, those are one goal losses, but they feel so much more whenever you're yeah. losing by three goals it's, at halftime. So, or you know, you score in the 87th minute to make it three two. So it just doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, how many times are we going to be the broken record on this? That the LA Galaxy are a counterattacking team that when they bomb forward like Araujo does, like Edwards does, that leaves themselves exposed, and then they inevitably give up that early goal, and then it's game over. So it's kind of feast or famine because then when you bomb forward and you get the early goal like you do against Montreal. Then you get the blowout. So it's just, which, <laughs> again, consistency. Which one are you going to get? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I haven't figured out this team. If I did, I would I would be all over it. Um, interesting thing. The LA Galaxy have not lost the first game of a month all year. All year. The that, first game of the month, they have won <laughs> all but June. June, they drew their first game. And that came in right. the middle of the, the, the month, too. That was like June 19th by the time they ended up playing in June. Weird stat. But what I saw it in the chart, whenever I brought up the chart, I was sitting there going, I go, are you serious? Whenever you look at this, even in July, beat, beat Montreal four to nothing. Well, right. You know, here we like, go. So when, while we're just making up stats here, they haven't lost more than two games in a month either. So they've used their quota. <laughs> that's it. And now they, they got to win and draw the next three. They have three more. They have three that, more to get it. it. So uh, you have to. That's the rules. That's, those, that's, that's what it says. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at supporter shield again, Austin up there with 40 points, LAFC at 39, LA Galaxy in 12th. 27 points uh, starting to move more towards that 50 top 50% of the league instead of the top third. Um, so you need to see. Yeah, a, that, that a was the shift. Weeks. Yeah, I think last week we were saying this is a top one third team. We've, we're now a top, top half, half team, which, which is good. That's still there's still 14 teams, 28 teams in the league. I mean, yeah. yeah, and even more in this case, there's 16 teams that are worse than you right now, but not yeah. by that much. Uh, it's a log jam in there. Uh, look at Philadelphia at 36 and New York City at 35. I still I still like watching the Eastern Conference a whole bunch. Um, Austin leading that Western Conference, Nashville. Uh, so it goes Austin, LAFC, Nashville, RSL. RSL lost to Atlanta, by the way. Uh, Minnesota, Dallas, and LA, and then Seattle just below uh, the LA Galaxy. So this weekend, 
a place where they are looking at, and excuse me, uh, but a place that they're looking at uh, going against the Colorado Rapids, a difficult place for them to play. Uh, we'll tell you here in a second just the stats on that. Uh, You've got the Colorado game as we look at the schedule coming up on July 16th. July 24th, LA Galaxy host Atlanta. Same Atlanta team that just beat RSL at home. Atlanta, a little fire under their into their belly after mm-hmm. Joseph Martinez tried to yeah. score through them. Yeah. yeah, someone who needs to go and slap a few guys in the face and, and let's come on, wake up. Let's get it right. Yep. So I respect the move from Joseph Martinez. Uh, then you got Dallas. This is the one that's close to you. Uh, the LA galaxy traveling to Dallas. I'm sure that'll be nice. And how, how, how hot was it today? It's, it, it was one. Oh, it's been one Oh five consistently good for the last, that'll three be an weeks. easy game. That'll so be end of July. I'm sure it'll cool down. I'm, that's what always happens, right? <laughs> Middle of summer. That's how it works. Um, you go into August and then obviously you have the game against, uh, Chivas de Guadalajara. That one's at SoFi stadium, Kansas city at sporting Kansas city. City, home to Vancouver, home to Seattle. That'll be a fun game. Um, away to New England and away to Toronto. That road trip is not not frosty either. And of course, Toronto's yeah. going get, to get going to get all their Italians lined up by that time too. So uh, Bob <laughs> will have Italians in order. Here. Bob will have the Italians uh, firing in uh, on all cylinders there. I'm sure by the time they get there, and then into September, uh, oh, home to SKC, away to Nashville, away to Vancouver, home to Colorado. Uh, and then they have that makeup game during the international break where they go up to San Jose and then just two games in October. Um, and that rounds it out. Again, we're rapidly, <laughs> rapidly closing hey, out the great, season. Great Look at that. segue. Woo! Well done. That's uh, that's why I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Colorado Rapids and LA Galaxy coming up this Saturday, July 16th. It's a 6 p.m. Uh, start time on Spectrum Sportsnet and on LAGalaxy.com. 6.08 p.m. is your kickoff time. Uh, the Colorado Rapids, uh, they are just an enigma this year. And I, they got Giassi Zardis on that team now. And if yep. you can't tell me that Giassi Zardis isn't just getting all jacked up to play the LA Galaxy, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you look at this. I love Giassi. And that, that, that that's the one thing that I'll say is the last time the LA Galaxy played a Giassi team, they beat him. The, they beat color, uh, Columbus Columbus right. uh, last time he was, they came to dignity health sports park. So they have their, their record against Jossie is better than their record with Jossie. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think that probably didn't make sense. No, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, so anyway, so you got the, uh, Colorado Rapids who are in 13th. If I could trust this galaxy team, that might give me some, expectation i mean listen this was a colorado team with robin frazier and we all know that robin frazier obviously played with gala galaxy with greg vanny and just there's a real there's a rivalry there but it's a really it's a friendly you know it's respectful it's a respectful rivalry but they both want to beat each other and you can guarantee it and so you know greg will want to beat robin in in a heartbeat and i don't think he did last year in fact we know he didn't because the la galaxy haven't beaten Colorado in their last seven tries. The last time it was funny. Uh, Matt Pollard, who covers uh, Colorado, uh, is a is a good friend of mine, and uh, we've collaborated on a, a bunch of different things. Whenever it's come to pool reporter questions and things like that, he was laughing because I tweeted out they haven't beat him since September second, I believe, of twenty seventeen. And he goes, "That was the game that Jack McBean came out and scored two goals." Twenty seventeen, twenty seventeen. Jack yeah. McBean, right? That was that was where we're on throwing back to. That's the last time the LA Galaxy beat Colorado not just on the road which it yeah. was but period period um yeah. the galaxy have not had 
a, any luck whatsoever playing against Colorado in a long time. 32 wins for Colorado, 44 wins for the LA Galaxy, 12 draws between them. Uh, you know, let's see, the last time they were in Colorado, uh, won one draw. I guess that's better. Uh, September 11th, 2021, the Galaxy won one. Um, otherwise, it was at home a loss, at home a loss uh, for the LA Galaxy both times to the Colorado Rapids. Um, there just isn't... Uh, there's not a lot of room in this particular rivalry lately for the LA galaxy to find any points. And I feel like they, we, we talk about mental midgets, right? The LA galaxy, whenever they go to Colorado are mental midgets. And I don't know that I've seen an LA galaxy team react since maybe the 2014 team did under Bruce arena, where they went down like three goals in the first half. And Bruce was saying, we're going to see if we're going to get a reaction out of this. And they ended up winning, I think four to three um, in that game. So, that's what you're seeing from this LA Galaxy team. It's going to Colorado, not going to be easy, not going to be fun. I almost, there's part of me, Eric, before we we really uh, sort of let you look at 538, there's part of me that thinks that this is exactly the type of game this LA Galaxy team needs, which is you get on the road, you get away from Dignity Hill Sports Park where they have not been real strong mentally, yeah. right? And you go and... You go and you grind it out. It is a grind and you know, it's a grind and you know, your back is up against the wall and you're going to be missing Mark Delgado again. Probably you're going to be missing Chicharito again. Probably right. You're going to go in there with guys who are tired and you're going to go run and Colorado just drew Orlando in Orlando one, one. That is the one good thing about this is uh, wasn't it in oh was it in Colorado? It was at Dick Sporting. Yeah, it was in Colorado. Oh, man. Yeah, but still hit, yeah, it, hit but, us with a yeah, but still. Yeah, but, but still, <laughs> but, but, uh, I will say that this is a Colorado team that hasn't won since May 22nd when they beat uh, the Sounders at home. So again, this team hasn't won in a very long time. So they've drawn, but you know, they, there's a lot of losses, a lot of draws in there. So you are going in against a team that's down. They, I think they just traded Mark Anthony K, Andre Shinishiki, who's someone who the Galaxy has, he, he's tormented the Galaxy. He's no longer with the team. So you're going in there and you're saying, okay, maybe this is a team that's down. You're coming off a, an embarrassing loss. This could be a game, a bounce back game. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if we're ready to talk about 538 yet. I'll go but. ahead. Why not? <laughs> let's just let's just throw it all in there. So yesterday's uh, 538 stat. The fun fact is that the Galaxy had the highest win percentage according to 538, which they've never won this year. Yeah, right. They, Whenever they, that's they happened. And the Galaxy, actually, of all the away teams, have one of the better percentages against Colorado. Colorado is still favored. 44% chance to win LA galaxy with a 31% chance to win and then a 25% for a draw. So out of all the road games going on in MLS, they actually have a pretty favorable chance. Right. You know, they're, they're a decent road team there. So <laughs> this could be a game where you could see the galaxy bounce back. It's an opportunity, but if they, if they make the mistakes like they did against LAFC and against uh, San Jose, then I, I don't have a lot of hope for this team, but it's definitely possible. But by the way, we're, we're I'm basing my assumptions on Chicharito and Delgado on the fact that they both had COVID, which again is an assumption on my part and not a known fact, uh, but that they had COVID uh, and that the requirement to to uh, clear yourself from those protocols is either two back to back negative tests, 24 hours apart. Right. So um, that's hard to do if you've had COVID, by the way. You're telling me, the guy who's now taken like six or seven tests over the last four days, five days, trying to get a clear test. Um, so that's hard to do. Um, or it's, I think, five days or up to, I think it might even be seven days for the league, but seven days, no symptoms um, yeah. from that. And that seven days, there's not enough time for them to get around. So the seven days doesn't work. And 
if you have COVID, it's hard to do the back-to-back tests. And I think Sasha ended up missing about a week and a half whenever he did it. And so I would expect that that's sort of what we're going to see. Now, could be totally surprised. Maybe they just got exposed and they didn't test positive. And so therefore, they're going to be cleared. As Greg Vanny said after the game uh, against San Jose, he said, that's not my department in terms of he's not in charge of that. It's actually like league protocols that allow people to get back. It's like um, it's a very HR situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I don't have any control over that. I can't tell them I can't tell them when to go. I can't tell them when not to go. Um, So. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's again, it's, this is an extremely difficult game, um, because it's always hard to play at Colorado. I don't think they've been great. I think that they have a lot of questions, uh, but they did come back and draw with Orlando and that's not always an easy task, um, you know, for this team. So trust once Orlando goes up on you, they're they're a hard team to to come back. So you have to trust Robin Frazier on this, that he is, he is going to be that good. So um, yeah, so I'm not expecting those guys. So whenever that happens, that makes a short bench again. Um, and with the short bench, that's a problem. Uh, $5 super chat from Lex. Uh, would it be crazy to have Edwards start at left wing with Cabral on the right and Leardam or Gasper play left back and stay home defensively? I actually like Gasper coming in. Um, I didn't have a problem with his yeah. play whatsoever. He, he's someone who I, I thought he like got disappeared off the earth. I was like, he just he had, had a groin, that, groin injury. He had that, but he had like a, a screamer of a game and then we never saw him again. Uh, but I thought, yeah, I agree with you. When he came on the field, I thought, oh, he looked pretty good. And part of that could have been the resting probably Edwards with an anticipation of the weekend game. You need to kind of get that rotation in there. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it's crazy to have Edwards on the wing. And that's one of those permutations that we've always talked about is you do your three center backs and then put Araujo as a midfielder right. and Edwards as a midfielder. And they have defensive tendencies, but then they don't have that defensive responsibility if you rely on your center backs a little bit more. I don't think they're going to try that against no. Colorado. This is not the game to experiment and try new things. Four, I doubt two, it, but, four, two, three, but I like the idea. Yeah. Four, four, two, three, one. It's going to be simple. Uh, Vandy's going to keep it simple, and he's going to try to keep a defensive shape, which is going to be harder without Doug Otto in there. Um, he's really that guy who sort of goes back and forth on that. So usually he's the bellwether, uh, and Greg talked about it after the game against uh, San Jose. He said, somebody said, you know, hey, did you miss Doug Otto? He's like, absolutely. You think <laughs> like, so? Yes. I think we missed him. Uh, 100%, right? Uh, we 100% we did it. So uh, LA Galaxy taking off to play against Colorado coming up on Saturday, 6 p.m. start for us here on the Pacific time, which means a 7 o'clock start in Colorado proper uh, 608 p.m. is your kickoff time again Spectrum Sportsnet uh, Kobe Jones uh, Joe Totino and Nikki K on that call and LA Galaxy.com uh, if you don't get Spectrum so that's sort of where we're at uh, anything else we are we're good we're dead we're done, what's, right? what's our guaranteed to be wrong prediction as always that's what oh. we're good for oh they they win this game for no reason whatsoever I have no <laughs> idea why I just I, it just I refuse to believe they're as bad as they have been playing um, and it, that's stubbornness on my part. Yeah. Please, please understand. I have no like inkling or feeling. It's just like they can't be as this bad like, because they're not that bad. And th- that's why I go the other direction. I say no Mark, no Chicha. It's a two one loss, you know, away at altitude to a, to a bottom dwelling team. Of course, of course, that's that's the game that we lose. So I, I prove me otherwise, LA Galaxy. But right now, the way you've been playing the last two games, I fully expect the loss away. Okay, I understand. Uh, Mike Gray, $5 Super Chat. Uh, he says, just let me know if you need need to see my negative COVID test. It wasn't <laughs> me. Yeah, I, it wasn't me either, Mike. That's not how it works. I can't give it to him if I haven't had it, right? Like, I didn't have it at the point, so I couldn't give it to him. Uh, and then uh, our sugar daddy, Herb, is in the, uh, in the chat as well. Uh, $50 Super Chat from Herb, so $50. thank you. Thank Herb, you for that. Holy Herb. moly. We appreciate that. Uh, as always, hey, Josh, welcome back. Appreciate it. 
Uh, couldn't make the live show. Wishing you a speedy recovery. Shout out to the hammer as well. Always in there. See? Appreciate yeah. that, Herb. See, uh, you know what I love about Herb? Couldn't make the live show, but he makes it. He makes time. the. It's like, but he makes <laughs> he, the live show. He's, he's right that there. Super sub. He's the Dayan Yovelich, right? corner of the galaxy. Just shows up, clutch moments, always happening. So yeah, appreciate you, Herb. Thanks for coming out. Sleepy Douglas Costa, by the way. So who's a better haircut, Josh or Chase Gasper? Josh needs his haircut and couldn't because he had the was, the, the vid. You, you guys all have the wrong answer. The correct answer is Mike Gray. The Brazilian blowout. Yeah, Mike, Mike has That's some luscious answer. locks. He does. Um, <laughs> so certainly one of the things. Uh, by the way, the fanciest cat uh, who lives around, uh, not too far around me, by the way, uh, stuck at home with COVID. Been there, done that, dude. Uh, and he says, very grateful for this live show. So we appreciate that. We're very grateful for you guys as well. Thank you for everybody for, for dealing with us, not having a show on Monday. I apologize for that. Uh, um, I really wanted to do it. My wife was absolutely not. So not going to do that um, at all. And so uh, we're back. Uh, hopefully I'm on the mend about, like I said, 90%. Um, as long as the COVID brain doesn't say anything stupid here in the next 20 or 30 seconds, I think we probably have survived. So LA Galaxy nice. Colorado Rapids coming up here uh, rapidly, as they say, on Saturday. Oh, so uh, anything else, Eric, you want to get to or are we, uh, are we good? That's it. I know everyone's feeling down right now. We're not feeling good. Everyone's ready to you know burn it all to the ground. But still a lot of season left. Don't don't get down. There's yeah. still a lot of season left to turn around. Don't peak too soon. Now's yeah. not the time to be peaking. No, no, no. Yeah, no, we you gotta could, wait. You could we're you could slip there. and slide a little bit here. Slip yeah, and slide. Yeah, we're, right? it's okay. We're gonna be okay. okay. It's okay not to be okay, but we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hundred percent. When you know what? We're gonna have a lot of fun being being I told you they were gonna be better whenever they're gonna be better, <laughs> right? I told you. Do you remember when we did that show after they they're lost to San Jose? Bad, yeah. We told you they weren't that bad. I told you they were gonna be better. So anyway, we'll see. Uh they're a shallow team. I mean, they're not, not emotionally, just in terms of, well, maybe emotionally too. (laughs) I wish they were more shallow emotionally. I want, I want them not to feel so much. Uh, they need to like, they, they need to stop listening to dashboard confessional. I'm starting to, somebody, by the way, I I think it was, uh, it was uh, sleepy Douglas Costa was like, uh, my, my, my emo LA galaxy, right? Like there should be uh, an emo band that's all about the LA galaxy. So (laughs) I can feel it Uh, a little dashboard. Yeah, I know. Good. All right, Eric, uh, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESMAN, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of our shows, all of our videos. All that stuff is right there for you, cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can get these lovely shirts that I'm wearing. Uh, they're still for sale if you'd like to. Another order, another round is uh, being rounded up. So just go to our website, click the shop button, and you can take right there. All right, I think that uh, I think that does it for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching the Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.